Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's announcement. My name is Miranda Rosen, and I am the MLA for beautiful Banff Kananaskis, where we are situated today, evidently with the mountains behind me, as well as Alberta's Parliamentary Secretary for Tourism. I am well excited to welcome so many guests to be part of this announcement today. Uh, we have Jeremy Nixon, our Minister of Seniors, Community, and Social Services. We have Tara Gilchrist, uh, the, from the association, sorry, the FCSS Association of Alberta, as well as our local leader for FCSS in the Bow Valley. We have Jason Liver with Food Banks Alberta. We have Melissa Frum from the Calgary Food Bank, as well as Jamie McCullough and Ian Hipkins from the beloved Rocky Mountain Adaptive. Today we are here to discuss the importance of building community, and this is something that is very much supported and well-funded in Budget 2023-24. We know that an inclusive community means uh, having social supports, transit, access to enjoyment, accessibility, and community that is inclusive for everyone, no matter your living situation or your employment. So today we are excited to welcome so many guests to just talk about the work that we are doing in this in this year's budget uh, to build a community that is inclusive to everyone. We know in the Bow Valley we face many challenges that are unique to to our communities and all across Alberta. But we know that all communities across Alberta face challenges that are unique to themselves. And that's why we're excited to welcome guests who represent not only our local community, uh, but who represent associations province-wide as well to speak to the supports that we're going to announce today. So with that, I will uh, welcome our very first speaker, which is Jeremy Nixon, our Minister of Seniors, Community and Social Services. Thank you, Miranda. And uh, thank you for hosting us here today. You know, my um, uh, press sec put in my notes here to, to say that I represent the most beautiful constituency in, in all of Alberta. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure my uh, constituents in Calgary Klein are, are happy to take second to your constituency. It's absolutely beautiful out here today. And uh, so thank you uh, for hosting and for all of your advocacy on behalf of your community and for Albertans, uh, Miranda. Um, it's also great to be uh, joined here by so many great organizations that represent the strength of our community and uh, the compassion uh, of Albertans. Uh, you know, government obviously has a role in all of this in, in helping build and strengthen communities, but really it's the organizations, it's the not-for-profits, it's the volunteers, it's the donors, uh, it's the people of Alberta that make our community strong. And uh, certainly the leadership of these great organizations uh, demonstrates the strength of what it means to be an Albertan. Albertan and what it means to be compassionate. And uh, so, of course, including today, our guests are the Calgary Food Bank and Food Banks Alberta, uh, Tara Gilchrist with the uh, Families Community Supports uh, Services Association of Alberta and Jamie from Rocky Mountain Adaptive, um, which provides uh, outdoor adventures for those living with disabilities and others in our community. And uh, what a cool thing to do uh, to make sure that individuals with disabilities can access and enjoy this beautiful backyard that we all call home. And uh, so thank you for for the work that you do. In Alberta, we're big believers in community, in helping our neighbors in need. I know as I hit doors in my own constituency, probably one of the most consistent themes uh, at the doors, it doesn't matter who you vote for, is uh, a desire and, and um, to be able to help meet the needs of people who are most vulnerable in our community, to help make sure that everybody has a chance to succeed in their society. Uh, as many of you know, my background is not-for-profit. I spent my career uh, working with uh, individuals experiencing homelessness in our community, uh, individuals who have struggled with mental health and, and other challenges. And, uh, you know, I saw firsthand uh, the impact uh, that can happen when you bring community together. 
And, uh, you know, during my time in not-for-profit, I spent a lot, a lot of my career on the intervention side of things, uh, helping people uh, who were experiencing a crisis. Um, but uh, so, so a lot of that intervention work, but it was actually through that inter- intervention work that I saw the importance of investing in prevention. And, uh, you know, when I was working at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Calgary, we asked the question, what, what, what do we need to do to make sure that kids don't have to experience homelessness in the first place? And uh, started to make efforts towards that end. You know, why are these kids showing up in our shelter and how do we address these issues in advance? And uh, actually, we piloted a program at the time called Fusion, uh, which worked with not just the youth, but worked with the families to help strengthen family units and strengthen communities. If we invest in prevention, uh, we can help avoid the crisis. Uh, And I think that needs to be our goal as a province is to help people before it becomes uh, a crisis of homelessness or otherwise. Uh, And uh, I wanted to talk about FCSS and just the absolute critical work that they do across our province. And, you know, coming from a big city, we know how important FCSS is in Calgary and in Edmonton uh, and and as as an overall suite of social supports that we provide within our communities. But now that I've been minister and I've been traveling the province and going to some of our more rural and remote communities and seeing firsthand how critical FCSSs are in, in these communities. And recently we were up in La Crete and I had the chance to meet with Mary who runs the FCSS up there. And uh, really they are the pillar within their community and they are everything for that community in regards to social supports, the hub. And uh, she does absolutely everything up there. And I know that's the case uh, across our province and help meeting needs within our communities. So increased funding I know is going to go a long way in strengthening these supports. And I think the other important thing to talk about here is strengthening supports where people live. One of the things um, that I've been hearing as I've been traveling the province is concern about individuals who aren't getting the supports in their own home community, and they have to end up going to the bigger city centers in order to access and gain those supports. And I think uh, part of today's announcement and part of our overall mission as government is to make sure that people don't have to leave their home, their communities uh, in order to access vital supports. And FCSS plays an important role in all of that. Of course, um, there's also the uh, other other things that we're here to announce today as well in regards to addressing uh, food security for, for individuals. And uh, we've got some great organizations and great partners that have been a part of that. And for a long time, they've dedicated themselves to helping address uh, food challenges and making sure that nobody has to go hungry in our community. And uh, so we are announcing additional supports as we go forward to make sure that nobody has to go hungry. And uh, we are still dealing with an inflation crisis and a challenge uh, on that end. So I am pleased to be able to announce today an additional $40 million to support Albertans in accessing these supports and accessing these supports in the communities that they call home. For food security, we are providing $10 million this year to ensure food banks and other food security organizations and programs are able to feed those in need. And this isn't just limited to our food banks who do amazing work, but also making sure that we're getting uh, supports for others who are helping meet needs within our community. Uh, Just yesterday, I had the opportunity to cut a ribbon uh, at the Forest Lawn Community Hall in Calgary, uh, where uh, a gentleman who has started an organization to help meet the needs within his community has uh, started a food bank specifically geared to, to providing food for, for the African community and others that are struggling within his neighborhood. And one of the things that I've gotten feedback on is uh, how important it is to be able to provide food that people are familiar with 
and know how to cook and know how to prepare. And uh, so it was so neat to be able to stand with uh, the gentleman, his name's Gargar, with Youth Empowerment Society, as well as other members of the South Sudanese community, and seeing firsthand the impact that this food centre is going to have for them in addressing the food challenges and making sure that even those who are new to our communities have the resources and supports uh, to be able to thrive within our communities. And of course, additionally, our low-income transit pass we know how important this is to be able to access our communities. We need to be able to transport and get around. And we know that for people with low income, uh, that can be a big burden, the cost of a transit pass. So, so happy to announce the, the continued continuation of this program. And again, the extension of this program beyond the major urban centers into communities like Canmore and otherwise across this province. In addition, we've also worked with the municipalities that we have partnerships to say, hey, where were the service gaps below and how do we help address those? And so one of the things that I heard a lot about was in multi-generational homes, they were often being excluded. The seniors in those homes were being excluded from being able to access pass. And I don't think that we should be penalizing people uh, because they choose to live in a multi-generational home because I think there's a value in that in our community as well. And uh, so we've worked towards expanding and increasing access with our municipal partners to make sure that more people who need it are able to access these services. Of course, this is ensuring that everyday Albertans, uh, every Albertan is going to be able to access their communities and health care and their work and, and everything else that they need. So um, I'm going to touch a little bit more on FCSS as well. You know, I used to work with homeless youth and one of the things we we would say, and this actually comes from a quote from Dr. Casey Bell with the Casey Foundation in the States, but if you want to meet the needs of young people, you need to work on strengthening and meeting the needs of the families that they come from. And if you want to meet the needs of families, you need to work on strengthening the communities that are around them. And FCSS does this every day. They're about strengthening families, strengthening communities, and these additional dollars are going to go a long way, I know, in helping to meet great needs within our community. So with that, I'd like to... Oh, oh, sorry, almost forgot. One of the other really cool programs I was excited uh, that our government got to be able to do uh, over the last four years, and I think it had tremendous success, was through our Civil Society Fund in regards to funding innovative new projects. When it comes to the not-for-profit sector, we're often just trying to, to keep our lights on and serve the immediate crisis that's in front of us. And there isn't often resources to think about innovation and, uh, and to tr try to do things differently and as well as to meet the, the different needs that are around us. And through our Civil Society Fund, we've been able to fund a number of, of great innovative programs across this province. Um, sorry, where the, oh, there it is. Yeah. And uh, across this province uh, to, to meet the, the needs in different ways. And I think to think differently about things. And so we are announcing today an additional $9 million dollars uh, over the next three years to continue to fund innovation, to continue to empower not-for-profits to think differently about their approach. And of course, we're, we're here right now today with, um, with Rocky Mountain Adaptive and uh, already have heard a little bit about some of the amazing work that they're doing to help uh, individuals within the disability community to be able to access this beautiful backyard and to have the, the same experiences that everybody has. And so we want to continue to be able to fund innovation and be able to help people uh, and not-for-profits move forward. So thank you all for being here today. And with that, I'd like to invite Terry Gilchrist up to the stand to talk about uh, FCSS. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here this afternoon and to invite you all to our, our beautiful town. Um, I am here today representing the Family and Community Support Services Association of Alberta. 
and and the local FCSS supervisor and have been with the program for a multitude of years. Uh, I hope I don't repeat too much. Uh, I really appreciate how much uh, that uh, we heard the passion and enthusiasm from Minister Nixon about FCSS. So I will spend one, one quick minute here with you just sharing a few thoughts. Uh, the Government of Alberta's FCSS program is really, really a unique uh, provincial municipal partnership that's been providing preventive supports to Albertans for more than 50 years. It's unique in Canada. Uh, no other province has a prevention strategy that's initiated by the uh, the Alberta or the provincial government. So, on behalf of the membership of the association, I would just really like to extend our appreciation for this injection of funds to the FCSS program. Um, and I'd also like to acknowledge that the municipal governments also support their FCSS programs and have. Um, when they have additional resources, also had injections of funds to support those prevention needs at the local level. The Provincial Municipal uh, Partnership is unique in the fact that we're both able to look at our local prevention needs and address those while at the same time working with the province on some social priorities and areas of prevention where they like to see change and want hope to move that dial. And so through these prevention strategies, this partnerships allows us to meet both needs at all different levels within this province. My entire career, I have worked with FCSS. From the day I graduated university, I was a funded agency. And after that, I have worked in Canmore for the last 24 years. So I have seen firsthand the crucial role that FCSS plays in municipalities across this entire province. Whether it's giving information and referral, whether it's supporting seniors in being independent in their homes, or whether it's working with grassroots groups that are trying to become an organization and to find their space uh, through all of this Sorry. <laughs> through, all, through, through all of this, I have to say that the impact of this work cannot be overstated. FCSS builds capacity in individuals, in families, and in communities. And it helps with resilience in the tough times. It helps with engagement and connection and contribution to each other and communities when things are going well. And it also allows people to know there's a social safety net in their community if and when they need to access that. So I'm sure many of you have heard an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Research actually shows us that $1 investment in prevention is a savings of $7 to $12 in future intervention needs. So with that knowledge in mind, I can't imagine a better place for the government of Alberta to have put this additional $5 million is in the hands of prevention for Albertans. So thank you very much. And I will hand over to Jason Liver from Food Banks, Alberta. Good afternoon, everyone. For the first time outside emergency COVID-19 funding received during the pandemic, Food Banks Alberta and Food Banks across the province receive funding from the provincial government to support our work in feeding communities. This funding came at a critical time when food bank use is rising and food insecurity rates in Alberta are the highest in the country. Our members of 113 plus food banks 
were able to utilize funds to offset the cost of purchasing food by a reduction in, in donations due to economic downturn, as well as help to offset operation and staff costs incurred with the rise in demand of food support across Alberta. We are encouraged we are encouraged by this support and look forward to working alongside all levels of government to support Albertans experiencing food insecurity. Thank you. I'm Melissa Fromm. I'm the president and CEO at the Calgary Food Bank. And I just want to start by expressing my gratitude to Minister Nixon and to the government of Alberta for your continued support and investment in the Alberta Food Bank Network and the charitable and social services sectors. The need is great and your support is appreciated. Food banks across our province are experiencing unprecedented levels of demand. At the Calgary Food Bank, we saw a 22% increase in clients served year over year just in the first quarter of this year. And just to unpack that for you a little bit, that means that in 2022, from January to March, we served 29,000 clients in the city of Calgary. And in the last three months, we've served 35,000. And our wait lists are growing. Our small and rural food banks are facing the same constraints, and I know that this funding is going to especially help them to meet the needs in their communities. This inflationary environment and ever-rising food costs have left Albertans to face difficult choices, and these issues do not exist in isolation. The announcement today that the government of Alberta is going to be providing additional funds to FCSS and to family and um, community and support services and to the Civil Society Fund is going to help to further address the social problems facing Albertans. And we see that as a step towards alleviating the underlying root causes of hunger. At the Calgary Food Bank, we see firsthand how important it is for all of the community to gather together around these issues together with government. Through our local food link program, we collaborate with dozens of community-based organizations every week to make sure that they have the food they need to serve their clients so that they can go on to address the other more pressing needs, not having to worry about whether the person across the table from them might be hungry. This funding is just one step in bridging the gap, though. And as government comes to the table and as community-facing organizations work together, we still need Albertans to come together and do what Albertans have always done. And that is to come together and donate, donate and support your local community organizations. And that might be through your time, your talent, your treasure. It might be a, a cash donation. It might be picking up a few extra groceries and putting them in that donation bin at your local grocery store. The reality is that the need is great and it's growing. But as Albertans, we've always done this, and so we can do it again, and I think our generation generosity is even greater. Um, I want to invite Jamie McCulloch of Rocky Mountain Adaptive to come and say a few words, I think, as our final community service agency. They do incredible work in this community and in this absolutely beautiful environment. Um, I might be coming for your job next, Jamie. <laughs> So thank you very much and welcome everyone. Um, I'd first of all like to thank the government of Alberta and Minister Nixon for this incredible opportunity. And I'm here to speak about the impact of the Civil Society Fund and how impactful it can be to supporting all Albertans. So I'm Jamie, I did found uh, or co-found and, uh, and the executive director of Rocky Mountain Adaptive. 
We're based here in the beautiful Bow Valley of Canmore, uh, Banff and Lake Louise, making all mountain sport and recreation accessible to people living with disabilities. We're just approaching our 14th year of operation and we've grown from a, a small core of programming that was formed just out of a passion for the outdoors to growing to providing over two and a half thousand experiences over uh, yeah, the last year. And that's just going to grow even more and more. So as a, a lucky beneficiary of this uh, civil society fund, it's going to help us increase our impact no end. Uh, this funding specifically is going to help us build a partnership with Alberta Parks and also promote one of Alberta's jewels in the crown, which is uh, William Watson Lodge in Peter Loggerheed Provincial Park. Um, for those of you that don't know, William Watson Lodge is an incredible, fully accessible uh, accommodation built in the most incredible wilderness setting here in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, not only is it something that Alberta should be proud about, it is an absolute leader in the world in what is accessible accommodation out in a wilderness setting. And it is our pleasure that we'll be working in partnership to make sure that everyone coming to visit and recreate and stay in the mountains at William Watson Lodge will have opportunity to sport and recreation in the mountains. So once again, I just want to finish by saying a massive thank you to the government of Alberta for this incredible support, not just for Rocky Mountain Adaptive, but all for not-for-profits, making sure that we're not just here supporting Albertans and trying to survive, but also that we can thrive. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. So that, uh, that wraps up the formal uh, agenda of today's announcement. We're going to move into Q&A uh, for the media. Uh, we'll start here... Uh, in person, if you want to go ahead and state your name and outlet, and we'll and uh, go ahead. Hi, it's Paula Duhatchik with CBC Calgary. I was wondering, um, as you likely know, affordability is a very pressing concern in the Bow Valley, in particular, given uh, the high cost of food and housing here. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, what the province is doing to address those issues in the community where we are right now. For sure. I appreciate the question. So, yes, it is a big challenge. And, and uh, of course, the local MLA, uh, Miranda Rosen, has been an excellent advocate for the community and keeping the government abreast of the challenges that we're facing the community. Uh, I did just visit uh, an affordable housing and women's shelter program in Banff, and uh, there's a lot of uh, ideas uh, being uh, thrown around right now towards uh, improving access to affordable housing. So I think there's short-term and long-term things that we're doing. Of course, we've talked about the low-income transit pass, the food banks, um, but I think in the longer term and hopefully shorter term, but as soon as possible that we can move forward towards expanding more affordable housing opportunities uh, in in uh, the, the Bow Valley area to make sure that everybody has a place to call home. Do you have a follow-up? Uh, can you tell me more about that? What do you have in the works when it comes to affordable housing? Um, yes, yeah, so they're, they're, we're exploring certain uh, current land opportunities right now, uh, as well as uh, partnerships with municipalities. Uh, so that we can work towards expanding that. As you well know, uh, land is the big challenge uh, in the Bow Valley area. And uh, so we want to, again, uh, explore some opportunities that we're talking to the municipality about, and uh, as well as partners uh, that we've been having conversations with certain not-for-profits that would be great partners to be able to help address this as we go forward. Awesome. So we'll move uh, onto the phones. Operator, can you put through our first caller? Thank you, Ryan White, CTV. 
Yes, thank you very much. A question of Minister Nixon. Uh, why won't the province consider instituting a rent cap and acknowledging the funding that was announced today for both food security and low-income transit? What's your message to Albertans who are currently struggling with inflation and the rising cost of rent who say they can't, can no longer afford to live here in Alberta? Yeah, no, I appreciate the question, I, and I appreciate the, the, the spirit of the concern. I, obviously, uh, our government has demonstrated great concern uh, for this affordability crisis that we're going through right now, uh, knowing full well uh, that this inflation crisis is uh, making things very difficult for individuals. And, of course, the increased cost of carbon tax on all Albertans is uh, added challenge, actually an added challenge for our not-for-profits as well. So, uh, as you know, our government has taken a number of steps to address affordability, uh, obviously starting with our affordability payments, uh, removing the gas tax, electricity rebates, and a number of other things uh, to help address that. In my own portfolio, we've uh, indexed all social benefits, including AISH, income support, senior benefits, and supplementary benefits. And uh, we're working uh, hard right now to expand the supply of affordable housing uh, across the province. We know that that's a massive issue. Supply is an issue. And uh, thankfully, we've been working on this for the last four years. So even as we see record numbers of individuals moving to Alberta. We also have the added challenge of uh, Ukrainian evacuees. We are starting to see a decline in our affordable housing wait list, uh, but there's more to be done. So we understand the crisis and the way we're addressing the crisis is by increasing supply. And uh, we've also increased uh, funds for our rent supplemental program as well to make sure people can get through the immediate crisis. And do you have a follow-up, Ryan? Uh, yes, thank you. A uh, question of both Minister Nixon and MLA Rosen. Uh, the NDP justice critic is calling on UCP MLAs to denounce the Premier's phone call with uh, Arthur Pulowski promising to discuss his case. Do you denounce it? So, you know, the, the, as an MLA, as a minister, and, and obviously as a Premier, uh, we have numerous conversations with constituents uh, and with individuals from across the province. Uh, when I listen to the tape and I hear what the Premier did say, uh, she very clearly, uh, outside of, I think, a confusion in the word prosecutor, uh, very clearly articulated to this individual uh, that she uh, can't do anything about a situation that's not within her power. So I think that she said the right thing in that moment. And uh, the, the rest of it, I think I'll refer you back to her comments. Perfect. Uh, that wraps up today's uh, announcement. Thank you, everyone, for coming.